0: get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun.
1: I stopped fighting that I was blue. I stopped trying to change who I am. So once I accepted that I am this way and I stopped trying to be someone else, I was like, no, no. Okay. I'm just going to be who I am now. Like truly the magic comes right through you. And it's one of those like ways to step out of the way.
0: Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to the podcast. We have such a good episode today. Christina Perry is here and she's somebody who is not only such a talented songwriter and singer, but she is just such a mystical, gorgeous presence. You're going to love this conversation. So I can't wait to dive into it. I want to tell you one quick thing though, because super fun. Yesterday I was posting this reel on Instagram and I was talking about just what it feels like to play at a higher altitude with energy. And I was talking about how I had this experience on my birthday of purchasing something for myself and walking into the Cartier store and how there's just this vibration where it's actually the opposite of what so many people think. I work with Hundreds of thousands of women I speak with every single year through coaching and emails and DMs. And it's just everywhere I look, there is this feeling. It's almost this hidden codependency where women feel like they can't, they can't allow themselves to step into a more elevated place with money or who would they be to charge more or, What would it mean if they received on a higher level? And it's almost like we're just co-signing scarcity all the time and we don't need to because when we ourselves have an experience where we have that moment I had on my birthday, like walking into Cartier and buying myself a bracelet or you stay at some beautiful hotel or you're with your friends and you go out on a boat for the day. like Anytime you've had any experience like that, It's such a gift because the level of oxygen that you feel, the expansion you feel is not something you really can put into words. And so just for fun, I decided to do a giveaway and you can enter it today. And I, I'm just buying you this myself. I don't like, you know, reach out to the brand and say, Hey, can you give me one of these? I was just like, I just felt like buying it. So I'm going to give away a Gucci wallet. And it's so easy to enter this giveaway. All you have to do is go to my Instagram. You'll see the reel that I posted yesterday. And you can just tag a friend in the comments and then just share any reel that you like that I've posted, anyone at all. Just share it in your Instagram stories. That's it. So you'll see um, the giveaway reel. I did it yesterday. And you can go enter to win um, a Gucci wallet. I'll be choosing winners tomorrow. Also, our retreat is now officially sold out, but we do have a wait list. And so if you're feeling like, ah, oh, I wanted to be on there, you could be the first to set up on the wait list. And we will let you know if there is a cancellation, which there are definitely times where that happens, especially in this age of the pandemic. So if you want to get on the wait list, you can go to kathyheller.com slash retreat, and you will be on the wait list for the Malibu experience, which is going to be August 1st through the 3rd. And I am so excited. All right. Well, today, this is such a gorgeous conversation. Christina Perry is here. She is a multi-platinum singer-songwriter who is responsible for a few very popular songs that you might know, like Jar of Hearts and A Thousand Years. Her songs have been on the Billboard 100, Gold, and Platinum certified and played billions of times, which is not a surprise because what she writes is so honest and the music just hits you just right in the heart. Some of Christina's albums include Love Strong, Head or Heart, Songs for Rosie, Songs for Carmella. And she has a new album that just came out last week. It's called A Lighter Shade of Blue. You have to listen because it's just going to take you on such a beautiful journey of healing and love. The album has beautiful songs like Ever Gone, Tiny Victories, and Mothers, which serves as just an intimate love letter to all the moms everywhere to let them know that they're not alone in the whole experience of motherhood. You're even going to hear Christina's daughter, Carmela, in that song, which is so sweet. So go grab the album on Spotify or Apple Music or Target, and she's even offering it on vinyl. Christina is someone who I've just loved for so long, and it was just such a joy to sit with her. She is the embodiment of magic and so much goodness, and talking to her was like this beautiful, just beautiful, out-of-this-world experience. You're going to love her. Without further ado, please welcome the magical, phenomenal Christina Perry. Christina Perry, I am so happy that you're here. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You are sensational. You have such <laughs> a high vibration, <laughs> full stop, period. Everybody, um, I think, is just like mesmerized by you is the word. I feel like you're part like a wizard or something like you have like (laughs) some magical moonbeams around you you know what I'm talking you know what I'm talking about sure um yeah so I want to go back before we talk about this new album which is so gorgeous I want to just go back to where some of this started because I've had the honor of seeing you live a few times. And one of the times I saw you at the Greek theater, it was such a fun, it was like a girl's night out concert. Mm -hmm. Colby was there. It was so fun. Colby's been on the podcast too, but that was such a fun night. And you told this story, which was like completely epic. And I feel like it probably starts even before then, but I think listeners at home sometimes see people in their moment and we forget that they had a moment before that. So let's talk about you sort of before we knew you and where you were and what was that trajectory like?
1: Sure. I I think I should go back to, so I was 23 when it all happened. So around 21 is when I moved to LA and I, you know, I did it very sort of nostalgically, like very dramatic, like. You know, one suitcase, one guitar, one big fat dream. You know, and like, and and moved on my twenty-first birthday. And my brother had an apartment in L.A. and he was like, "You should live in my apartment while I'm on tour, and then you can get your own apartment." And the thing I want to say that most people don't know is that like, I am not like Rachel Platten, who we both love, singing in a hairbrush in the mirror, wanting to be a star. I wanted to be a songwriter for those people. Like I really was shy, like my whole life growing up, like I did musical theater, but that wasn't like my own music. And then when I wrote music, which I did from 15 to to now, I I didn't really play it for people. I was like way, way too shy because I also have this older brother who's like, was just the superstar of our family. So I was very much like you know, cliche kind of like in the shadow, like supporting him and like selling merch for his band. I was like watching him be awesome. And then I was just like secretly writing these little songs in my bedroom and like playing them for my mom. Like I did not like, here's what I'll say. When I got a record deal, like people were like, wait, which Perry, like meaning like me or my brother, like they didn't get it that it was me. So I did not give off that vibration. Like I'm a star. I was like, Ooh, but like, I want to write songs for those people. So I truly did move to LA. And I will say like, when people are following their dream, especially when I talk to younger people and they're like, what do I do? And I'm like, move out of your hometown. Let's start there. You know, like I, I definitely always recommend like going to a place where, where people do what you love to do, but I definitely didn't leave with the intention of like, I don't know, entering into this world that I did. I just thought, like my brother was like, come to LA. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, yeah, this is a job. People write songs for people. Like, that's as far as I thought, like, I didn't think ahead, but I did write songs constantly date really awful people. And then like, you know, have a ton of material. Like I was (laughs) like, I was like living, like I was thinking about that season of my life. Like how dramatic and heartbreaking and emo it was and I'm so grateful for it you know so like all the cheating and the crying and like I'm sober now 10 years but all like the being drunk for literally I don't know two years like all that stuff needed to happen like I was like just a mess I was like a complete mess but I'm so 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 grateful for it and so I came to LA and I will say I did write a letter to Jason Mraz when I was 17 I have to mention this because it's it's like part of this story that doesn't make sense, like a Disney movie where like the amount of people that came into the sort of storyline, like it just, it's spooky how, like I wrote him a letter when I was 17. I said like, Hey, one day I'm going to meet you and write songs with you or for you or sing with you. I I was like, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't send it. I did not send the letter, thankfully, because it was just pretty like fangirly gushy, but he was my favorite artist. I'm just setting the scene. He's my favorite artist. I'm 21. I moved to LA and I decided I'm going to write songs, but I was pretty distracted, like waitressing, drinking, partying in LA. Like I was not focused. I ended up meeting a guy four days after moving to LA and then marrying him. I, (laughs) I don't remember. We were, we were in Florida. We were on ecstasy. I, honestly, like, I don't know how I survived that, but I have to say it's a part, it's a part of it. And so It's interesting when people think I have this like magical wizardry when like I was very much not on what seemed like I wasn't on my path. You know, I was very lost. Turns out it was like absolutely perfect. But at the same time, like back then, I just thought, I'm a mess. And so I had one friend named Kelty, who was my fairy godmother. And she's a huge part of this story because she's the person (laughs) that was the only person who watched My videos on YouTube because at the time, if you think back to 2009, 2010, really all we had was YouTube. Yeah, MySpace still existed, but it was like YouTube was kind of where it's at, and people were getting discovered on YouTube. And like, it's funny because people are like, "Oh, you're one of those YouTube people." I'm like, "No, I had zero views. Like, actually, I had one view, and it was my friend Kelsey. Like, I did not make it on YouTube, but I'm glad YouTube existed for a place for me to put this music." And there were covers. I was just doing covers, literally Jason Mraz, Counting Crows, Beatles. I don't know. I was just like sitting in my room alone, crying, singing these cover songs and putting them out. And my best friend was like, you have to play shows. I want to be your manager. Like people need to know who you are. I'm your only fan. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I don't want to do that. I worked two different jobs, sometimes three just to pay my rent. I'm living in Hollywood. I left that husband." I was married for a year and a half and then like I left him and like just moved into this little shoebox apartment with nothing. I started over. I had the four book covers of the Twilight books framed on my wall. I have this photo. I can prove it. That's insane. Literally. I know. I know. And I'm like, so my friend's like, well, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to manage you. And I'm like, Chelsea, you're a dancer. You're a Radio City Rockette. Like you're not a manager, but okay. So she moved like across the street from me and she... I mean, I'm, I'm sort of jumping ahead, but it was January 31st. It was her birthday in 2010 and she had just moved to LA and she said to me, I'll go back just a smidge to December 29th. I'm such a dork with dates, by the way. And she said to me, we're going to write a letter to the universe. This is when she was still in New York and I was in Philly because my parents were like, you're a mess. You need to come home. We need, you know, please be done with this LA thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I really didn't give it a good try. Like I was, I moved out here. I was like drunk all the time and I got married and like, now I'm sober. And like, now I want to like, take it serious. My family was like, no, you have no money. You don't know anyone there. Like, why would you go there? And I, so I was, I was in this like transitional limbo and Kelty was like, I'm going to come to LA. You tell your mom and dad, because my parents loved Kelty. She's older than me and sort of took care of me. And she was like, you tell your mom and dad, I'm going to LA with you and, and I'm going to manage you, but we're going to write a letter to the universe and we're going to call it the 10. And we're going to make five dreams and wishes for 2010. And I was less magical then. And I was like, like rolling my eyes, like, no way. What are you talking about? She's like, get a pen. I'm like, no. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And she was like, get a pen right now. She's so bossy. So I write this down and I still have this paper too. I do Kelty first. And so I'm like, the 10 Kelty line dash, you know, I'm like, okay, what's your wish? And she goes, uh, quit diet Coke, stop dating assholes, get great bangs. These are her huge wishes and dreams. <laughs> I think she said, write a book, which was great. Cause she ended up doing that. But, uh, and then her last one was give Christina magic, motivational moon beams quote. So I'm like, Okay, like I'm just dying, you know, inside, but I'm like, whatever, I'll I'll do it. So, mine, right, Christina, quit smoking. I smoked cigarettes. Mine said, play three shows, meet and marry Jason Mraz. At this point, I was just fucking with Kelsey. <laughs> I didn't believe any of this. <laughs> Make a savings account with twenty dollars a month. Like I literally like had no money, and then my last one was bask in Kelsey's magic motivational moonbeams. So I have to mention that because we write that I'd come back to LA for new years. She comes with me the whole month of January. She's like, please play shows. Please do this. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm tired. I'm working. I'm just trying to survive. She asked me to come over now on January 30th or whatever of 2010. She just broke up with the guy. She went on one date with after match.com. She lit all the candles in her room. Cause so you think you can dance was very big at this time. And she lit all our candles and she's like, please come over and sing my favorite song, which was a song that I wrote called Black and Blue. And I said, no, I'm, I just got home. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Like I'm already in my pajamas. And she's like, no, please just come over in your pajamas. Like, please just sing the song. I already lit my candles. Like you have to, I just need to dance. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so just being a good friend, I was like, whatever. So I go over to her apartment across the street. I'm in my PJs. She sticks a beret on my head, sticks me in the corner in the dark on a stool. I play this song called Black and Blue. She dances like she's on say Think You Can Dance, but it's contemporary emotional emo dancing. I'm like, Are you done? Do you feel better? You know, can I go to bed now? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, I feel so much better. Thank you. And so she walks me out of her apartment. Uh, we're on Beachwood Drive in LA. We're looking at Capitol Records. We can see it. This is the part in the Disney movie where a shooting star just shoots by. She puts her arm around me. She's like, you know, Chris, she's like, you just need like a real manager, like someone who knows people, like someone who can like really guide you. And I'm like, yeah, good night. Like literally just walk across the street, go to sleep, not making this up in any way. I wake up in the morning to an email from Jason Mraz's manager. He had found me on Facebook. He says, Hey, my name's Tom Gates, a manager guy named Jason Mraz. I just saw a video of you playing a song and this girl dancing. I went and poked around your YouTube. I love all your covers. Can we meet? Now I was like, I mean, I think like the whole town heard me scream. Like if this is a movie, this is like me and Kelty. I like Kelty runs over. She's in her PJs. We're screaming. Like we're literally, she took a picture. I have a picture. This is so cute. I have a picture of me looking at my computer and like Kelty took a picture of me with the email because it's like, that's just how does that happen like that is a lightning in a a bottle moment right and so we freak out he says do you have a bio and Kelty and I are like of course I do and like so we write a bio we send it to him I met with him the next day his partner Ryan and 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 me and him and, and we loved each other instantly within five months everything on that list came true everything on my you know the 10 Magic Motivational Moonbeams list. I had signed a record deal. I had played three shows. I, I didn't meet, I mean, I didn't marry Jason Raz, I would say I met him. I went to one of his shows. Within uh, the next two years, we did a duet together. We toured together. We became friends. His manager was my manager. Then all of a sudden the Twilight, you know, I I signed with Atlantic Records. They're like, we put out the Twilight soundtracks and I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't care about Aretha Franklin. I saw, I saw the Twilight covers on the, you know, records on the wall. They asked me to write a song for the wedding. I write a thousand years. It doesn't get picked for the wedding. People sort of remember it wrong. They think it was in the wedding. It's really in the credits, but because it's a wedding waltz, people just like intuitively knew my songwriting. They got married to it. I mean, my life just continued to be this like phenomenal chain of events where it just dragged me. I was like, I was the one going, it's not supposed to be me. me. I'm a writer. I don't want to be the performer. I'm not, I'm not going to sing. I've never played shows. I never, my very first time I ever played a show ever was June 6th, 2010 on the CBS morning show. I played Jar of Hearts. It was the first time ever in my life. And then the second show I ever played was... Jay Leno and then the third show I ever played was So You Think You Can Dance they had me back after they played my song so those first three shows that I played that I wrote on my letter to the universe were on television
2: (laughs) and I was like
1: traumatized I mean like now I can just be like oh how cute I was 23 and scared and threw up constantly you know but like it was so scary and wonderful it was a tornado and it was everything I dreamt of but I want to say I also wrote it down so i definitely believe in manifesting and showing up i said yes to everything i was so scared said yes to all that it. did it all and it just
0: i mean it totally brought me to tears because uh all of that is it's music like just listening to those pieces that that those are all like notes that you played there's it's so beautiful it's like a symphony Aww. so gorgeous And what's so uncanny is I have said nice things to a lot of people. I've never said to anyone in my life, you're like a wizard. You have moonbeams around you. I literally said
2: (laughs) that to you.
0: I've never said to another person, moonbeams around you. And then you told me all about the moonbeams. And it's amazing because, you know, we live in a world that looks very 3D Mm -hmm. People get really bought into this illusion. And Einstein said, it's amazing because it's a total illusion. But people think that that's reality with a capital R when like we live in a vibrational world, the world is mostly 5D and not Mm -hmm. 3D. And so here you are where everyone's always saying, what do I do? What do I do? And the answer is always in who do I need to be and Mm -hmm. how effortless, right? Magic when we are tuned, when the radio station, sure. when the, the signal is clear, right? When your yeah, soul yeah. has good Wi-Fi, and mm-hmm. you wow. can just dance with Kelsey across the street, in Beachwood Canyon, mm-hmm. and the radio exists, yeah. right? The field exists, and you were available for it, right? And it's just, yeah. it's uncanny. I mean, I, we've heard so many incredible stories, but there's something extra about your story. It's like super extra and it's jaw-dropping. And there's that other part that I heard you say at the Greek that night Mm -hmm. about jar of hearts and what happened the day after, right? Wasn't that like Uh a big reflection point? Tell them
1: what happened with that. So they picked this song to be, it was just my demo. Kelty, the the fairy godmother gave it to Stacey Tukey because she grew up with her in Canada. The amount of things that needed to, right players that needed to be in place is what makes it a symphony it's like you couldn't kidn- you couldn't write it it Mm-mm. just like unfolded and so kelty sent it to stacy stacy said i'm gonna play it on wednesday this was june 30th 2010 8 p.m me and kelty are in the audience at cbs so you think you can dance so everybody knows yeah 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 and um stacy tukey choreographed Catherine mccormick and billy bell danced to it Minute and a half of the song, the song goes hits the chart. My manager's like, You're you're 36 on the chart. I'm like, What chart? I'm still a waitress. I had no record deal, no you know contracts, nothing. I just had a demo of this song, and uh, and so it goes from 36 to 26 to 16 to six. I had like, I don't know, 20,000 friend requests on Facebook. I was like, What is happening? But everyone's not writing me like, Oh, I love this song, it's really great. They're writing me like, oh my God, I, this song just saved my life. This song just like gave purpose to my pain. This song just changed the course of my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm just like, just this, this person who's like a waitress, who's like laying in bed the entire night, answering every single one of these people back because I had never been written to that many times. Oh my God. Literally, I didn't sleep for like maybe a week. I flew to New York City the very next day. It was number six on the chart for an entire week every record label wanted to sign me. It was like out of a movie. I ended up choosing Atlantic Records because they actually walked in their office and took my shoes off. And that was my sign. Like I didn't know, like I just felt instantly comfortable with them. And, uh, and so I signed with Atlantic and my life was never really the same. But Jar of Hearts itself took on a a life of its own. I mean, there were seven other songs on the show that night. Like, so what, what was that? You know, there was that was the moment. I like to say that was the universe obviously doing it. But I thought a million and a half times, like, why that song? Why that night? Why that show? Why this reaction? You know, and why me? And, you know, and I always come back to this little piece of magic I can't quite grasp. I can't, it's above the ceiling. I can't understand it. You know, but it was like, it was meant to be at that time, especially that year. And like, people still tell me the effect that that song had on them that year. And like, it was just so important. And I just moved out of the way. I didn't overthink it at that point. I was like, okay, it is supposed to be me.
0: That's really the the piece is like what you just said. Like, I just moved out of the way because what I hear, and a lot of times when you're listening (laughs) with certain ears, you don't really hear it. But when you listen with your whole being, you can hear the courage because we all have an ego, right? We're made up of like, we have our higher consciousness and we have these egos and everything that has light also has a shadow. And so Mm -hmm. I I find it literally Herculean that you were willing to not get in your resistance because the amount of opportunity that that is, Mm -hmm. the fact that you were and continue to be allowing of it and to be Mm -hmm. the sustain that note Mm -hmm. that you are a vibrational match for letting Mm -hmm. your ego get out of the way long enough to just let God source universe, like be the author. And you're like, I'll be the pen. Like, let's go. Who on earth is willing Mm -hmm. to play their first three shows on national television that takes the ego <laughs> literally awful. has, to, what, what does the ego have to do? I mean, <laughs> the gymnastics that you had to do on an ego, plain human level right. to allow yeah, your soul yeah. to go into overdrive and like actually override it. I bow yeah. to that. I am like, it's jaw dropping. It's unbelievable. So now as you've um, continued your career, right. Yeah. On mm-hmm. like decades and going into decades. Mm-hmm. What has your dance been like with your own expansion? How do you allow it? What do you notice happens? And what can people learn from that? Because you're a ninja. You're a ninja at this. Wow.
1: I mean, thank you. That's just like, so it's also really nice to that you acknowledge that where so many people miss that. Like so many people are so in the narrative that they miss the spiritual journey of it. You know what I mean? And like, And I will tell you because I don't pretend anything is anything that it's not. And it was really hard. And I really credit my sobriety. I have to say, because something happened in me when I got sober and I'm not saying that's everyone's path, but for me, it really did clear my, I guess my desire to hold on real tight and do it myself. I I learned to just sort of swim uh, for, being sober and, 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 you know, that's a version of enlightenment on its own, like doing the 12 steps and like oh deciding, my God, yeah. totally. you know, that like, I'm going to let this just sort of my life unfold. And so I will say it, it's, it's not past me that that happened right before I got uh swept into this, this life. Cause it really felt like that. I was just sort of like, whoosh, you know? And so I'm grateful for that preparation. I don't think I would have been able to do the TV shows and one day, like. I went on tour immediately. I played shows all uh. of a sudden. I had never, you know, I was like, but I really was like throwing up before and after every oh, show. Yeah. I really was physically ill. And I did it anyway for many reasons, but also because I I've been told before in my life I'm very open and I'm trusting and like a lot of people ca- start out closed and open up and I do the opposite where I start out open and then life sort of like tends mm-hmm. to or you know, someone will make me kind of go back in my turtle shell sometimes but I always start open. And so I think I just like, you know, by saying I didn't overthink it, like I'm also a good student. Like I just was like, Oh, go here, do this. Like I thought my manager was in charge of my life. Like I didn't know I had an option to say no. Like there was a point where I was just in the, the tornado or the eye of this hurricane. And I was just saying yes, because I didn't want to disappoint anyone, you know? And I also had like, I don't know, people listening and writing to me and like, and again, these people were not talking about like small sort of like, fun moments of their life. They're talking about really powerful moments. Yeah. Yeah. And especially a thousand years. And then it was a song for weddings. It was a song for funerals. It was a song for babies. It was so beautiful. And so I was like, wow, I'm like, you know, I'm not getting in the way there. And I had to continue to surrender uh, every version of myself. I consciously have done that. I mean, I've stayed sober this whole time. So I know that it's also been my sober journey to, you know, to evolve and to, to continue to try to reach for, you know, the bright side because the dark side is so close and so always an option for me. And I, you know, generalizing like the past couple years of my life have been so, so hard and much more traumatic than, than playing on TV. Like I thought that was really hard and then getting married, having a baby and then losing two babies and the pandemic and all this collective pain we've all had, like There's so much that has happened that I, which all wraps up to, into my new album, which is this, this brightening. And I'm, and I'm on the other side of it going like, wait, how did I stay sober? How am I still doing this? How am I speaking about this? And, and I know it's because I, I absolutely, again, sort of moved out of the way, but, but really chose to not go dark. And, and, and that sounds really easy. And it was really hard. Like, I I don't want to make that sound like that was just like, Oh, I'm just going to choose brightness. No, I was (laughs) really broken. And really I was, I I, I felt every bit of the grief in the, I call it a grief house and I moved from room to room in the grief house. And I let myself and my family feel all this stuff because I learned that in sobriety, I'll say. And then also, the resilience I learned in being an artist and like being, you know, like that toughness and I don't know, being Italian and from Philly and a Leo, like <laughs> all these things, like, you know, like make up me. Right. And then when it really mattered, I had the strength to do it, but absolutely have to say, I did none of it alone. So someone like my, my girlfriends who, you know, or it's my mom tribe as part of my web, I will say it's mostly women. I had my doctor's, you know, a doula. I had my therapist, my trauma therapist, my friends, my family, my mom, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-laws, my husband, obviously, but also just my daughter. My daughter is, is the brightest, most magical person I've ever met. And together, this web, I learned to ask for help. So I didn't do any of this alone. And I somehow I'm here sitting here with a brand new album making it through, you know, just like the craziest story and and narrative ever. I have no idea what's next. I certainly don't think I'm now free from suffering. You know, I'm sure life will continue to to bring all that, but I'm present. I'm sitting here and I'm I'm like excited to share this because it feels like, again, it, I didn't realize at the time writing a song called Jar of Hearts was, was a powerful thing I needed to share. Now I'm older and I'm And I'm like, oh, wow, I went through that. There's I don't believe that traumatic things and tragic things have necessarily a reason, but I believe we can turn give them purpose. Yeah. And so I'm like turning it and I go, oh, wow, I'm I'm a vessel all over again. And again, I didn't choose this. I did not pick this club. I did not want to be I'm grateful to be a recording artist. I just mean, I didn't want to be the mom with all the loss. You know, I didn't choose that. But here I am. And I'm like, well, okay, it's the CBS morning show all over again. I don't get to think about it. I, I'm like somehow able to speak about it. And so I'm going to do it. And that's going to f- hopefully fulfill this next season's purpose of my life.
0: It's really um, it's stunning. And I feel like I want to just acknowledge another beautiful aspect of you, mm-hmm. which is I think since the moment I was aware of you, which was right away. Cause I was living in LA. I was a musician. I was playing the hotel cafe scene. We have a lot of other musician friends in common. Oh, cool. but, um, There's a willingness for you, what you do, which is really unique to you is you bear witness to people's mm. pain in such a genuine way that it's almost like everyone leans in And like, has Mm. some reverence and respect where I think there's other times where people can be, and all these things can be valuable, but I think the distinction is there are times where people like are in the pain. There's times where people are like disassociated from it. And like, it comes across a little bit saccharine because it's like cheery, but without any weight. And then there's a thing that you do where it's like, you're just standing beside someone in a moment and just fully like acknowledging and allowing a person to have the experience of what they're having and making space for pain while at the same time, this like Tinkerbell effect to like crack the light open just a little bit to -hmm. where it feels so healing because it's not a pep talk, but it's a knowing that there's both and, and Mm. you do that so well. And Mm -hmm. I think it's why people connect with you immediately because they feel completely and totally seen because there's such a strength in being able to say like, there's nothing really awesome about this. And that's just what is. And also there's this undeniable bright side which is almost painful to know that it exists at the same time and all of your music in your voice and the timbre of your voice and the lyrics that you write, it's communicated, which is why I think you catapulted so quickly because I think intimacy is velocity and you are willing to create intimacy like that because you're so present with your own journey. And that is so much of what I do find in people when you're on a sober journey. I think that there is an incredible amount of honesty to just acknowledge what is. So I really salute you for that. And um, no, it's not lost on me at all because the whole other piece, like me personally, I sat with Craig Kalman. I sat with Ron Fair. I had deals. I got dropped both times. Why did I get dropped? my ego was like not available for it. I made a whole bunch Mm. of meaning out of it. I got scared. I made up all this stuff that was going to be. And it was like, I just, I couldn't allow myself to surrender. So I've witnessed that. And it's funny with my podcast, like I made meaning that like, well, this one's fine. I'll let this take off. Like it's, it's just fascinating. So I I think every human who's listening knows that there's just a giant mission. And so- if we're not showing up for it, whatever it is, how much of that is our unwillingness to surrender? And so you just not only surrender to the mission, but I just, in everything you just shared, and even with the babies, I just want to acknowledge you for being willing to surrender the hardest in the hardest places, which is just sitting with it, like whatever it is.
1: Thank you. I li- that made me so emotional. That's like the nicest thing I feel like anyone has ever said about me ever especially because like, I'm so heart forward. Like, I just think I don't value the same thing that everybody else seems to value sometimes in America or in our culture, you know, like I value more that heart language. And like, so thank you for seeing me like that just really like touched me so deeply that like, you can see that I, like, I wish I didn't feel the pain too, you know, like I, like I said, I didn't really choose it, but the fact that I can sort of, like you said, stand beside the person who's suffering. Like I seek those people out. And I think it's because like, I don't think I could understand it. I think it's who I am. I think it's what I'm supposed to do. I think the music comes with it. I think the motherhood comes with it. I think the gentleness that, that I have now for a whole community of people who grieve, I think comes with it that I didn't see coming. I didn't, you know, I didn't plan this out. And, but like, I don't know. I'm just really, really grateful for what you said. It was just incredibly kind. and That's, um,
0: that's very generous of you to like, you know, <laughs> give it so much weight, but it, it's just like an immediate, no, really.
1: <laughs> it's an immediate
0: truth. And and you, I appreciate you and thank you for receiving that. Um, yeah. And so this next record, it's called yeah. Lighter Shade of Blue. I got to hear a little bit of it and it's so beautiful. And like you thank said, you. It, it probably means so, so much because of what you just went through. And I mean, it's the most optimistic thing, the most courageous thing is to play music, right? To make Mm. music after going through so much gut-wrenching pain. What were you hoping, what are you hoping that when people hear this
1: record that they walk away with? So... Thank you, again, for totally seeing me. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I think if people who already know my music and, and potentially like my music, I think if they hear this new record, they will be satisfied in the sense that I sort of understood the assignment. You know, it's as emo as I've ever been. I'm singing about postpartum depression and mothers. I'm singing about miscarriage and roses in the rain. I'm singing about lost with Evergone. Like, there's nothing I'm skipping this time. Like, I feel like if I thought my music was emo before, <laughs> like my life was like, buckle up, or, you know, hold my drink or whatever. <laughs> so I feel like this embodies the collective suffering we all have, like as people, uh, but specifically my journey the past five years. And like I said, like really choosing to go from a dark Navy blue, which is how I felt my whole life. Like the sad girl, the jar of hearts, girl, I didn't understand that what that meant or that part of me or my my coping mechanisms and all these things I've learned as I get older. I didn't realize that I was able to brighten. You know, I thought I was sort of stuck at that. And interestingly enough, like all the nice things you said about me are things I've never thought about myself. Like I I suffer from low self-esteem and like, you know, a a skewed perception of who I am. Like, so, you know, now I can look at it and see how magical my story was. But when I was in it, I certainly didn't think I was Tinkerbell, (laughs) you know, like, so I struggled with that my, my whole career too. So I think I started very dark. And then what's so fascinating is that going through so much pain, you would think that joy is not allowed or not invited or, or will never come back. And instead, like I said, I, I I'm on the other side now, going wow, I'm I'm so much brighter, and so I take everyone on that journey with me yeah. so specifically, um, and this album is very much just that. So I hope that people really feel that, see that, see it's possible, find some hope in that, you know. And I wrote this whole album basically with women, so it's like ninety percent women and like a couple percent, you know, guys, but like it has a very warm motherly maternal feeling. And I hope that that just hugs every single person who listens to it.
0: Oh, it's so beautiful. It's, it's so so beautiful. And it's, it's so important that you're singing about these things. I feel like I recently in the last, like during COVID, I had a baby boy who had trisomy 18 and I had to end the pregnancy and Gabby Bernstein is a friend of mine and she was here and she had a super similar Mm -hmm. situation. And we both balled like, and I was like, do you want me to edit this out of the episode? And she's like, no, leave it in. And we played the episode and it, you wouldn't believe how many letters we got. It was just, I I think because people just don't make space for those shades of feelings. Like it, all that's welcome at the table is like the, the fun stuff. And it's like, I'm not surprised that you're finding deeper, like hues that are even lighter, because the more willing you are to feel your feelings, it's like, you can go in the higher octaves, you know, equally in the other direction. So, Um, And I'm also not surprised that when people say, well, sometimes I have low self, or sometimes I struggle because the greater the light, the greater the shadow. So your soul is, Christina, your soul is so bright and extra that your ego has to sort of match you. And so it gets, it like tries to trick you. It's like, no, 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 not so fast. And so, you know, that, and that's the human, that's the human school that you're in, but it's so exquisite, just like you and your journey and, what I want to ask you as we're sort of signing off is if somebody's listening right now and they're listening and they're, there's no way they're not like blown away and just so inspired and in love with you because you are love. I feel like you are so accessible and loving in such Thank a you. unique way. The number one thing that people have that stops them from writing whatever would be quote unquote their song, right? Mm -hmm. is this feeling of like, I'm not enough. It's not enough. What would you say to
1: that person? Hmm. Well, I would hope that if they've listened to this whole conversation, they would believe me at this point when I would say that I feel that way too. So it's not like I just had this, you know, absolutely struggle free journey to hear, you know, hopefully I have sort of opened enough that people can see that I have all those cracks and I have all those thoughts. And the biggest thing now, because I've, I've learned as being a mother, it's all about reparenting myself. Like it's almost like I'm not yes. even parenting Carmela. I'm just reparenting right. myself. And then she's learning from that. And so, so it's so similar when it comes to, for me, having to think of that younger version of me writing those songs and and who I thought I was. and And what I've learned is that, fighting it gets me nowhere. Nothing beautiful comes from it and just stops the magic, right? Trying to be different. So I also, this is what I found in my journey of this album is like, I stopped fighting that I was blue. I stopped trying to change who I am. So once I accepted that I am this way, that I react to the world this way, that this is who I am. And I stop trying to be someone else in every way that means literally every single possible way, what I look like, what I feel like, what I do, what I say, what, I, you know, once I just stopped and was like, no, no, okay, I'm just going to be who I am now. Like truly the magic comes right through you. And it's one of those, like, ways to step out of the way because you can say move out of your own way and it's like what does that mean you know it means stop trying I think stop trying to change who you are except in whatever way that looks like for you who you are and then I think the art the craft the the purpose the whatever creativity whatever thing that that person is supposed to do I think it then has the ability to do it and it wants to the whole time and it right it's just us that's stopping it. So I I really think I truly shine in a sense when I am not trying to be someone else. And we don't realize how often we're trying to be someone else. It is ingrained in us to look different, be different, act, you know, a certain way. And so when we just like throw that all away, I think we give ourselves and the universe and Whatever the ability to do what it's supposed to do and wants to do, which is shine. It's
0: such a beautiful answer. It's like we stop running and allow what's chasing us. We chase it back, you know, just like- Yeah,
1: let yourself not know. Let yourself be insecure, you know? Stop trying to not be how you are. Yeah. That's what it looks like for me, I think.
0: You are such a like treasure box of like- (laughs) Like it's like a Mary Poppins treasure box, it just keeps going and going and going. Have her
1: tattooed on my shoulder, literally, of Mary Poppins right here. Happening, and I said,
0: (laughs) Are you tea leaves? And I could just read you. I don't know, I don't have that with every person, but I'm so delighted, um, to be in your presence. Your presence is so present. So it's just oh, so, it's like oxygenating and this record is going to be magic. And uh, oh, thank you, I'm so grateful that you keep finding the, the songs and bringing them the world because they're medicinal. Um, oh, so thank you thank for coming you. on. Tell everybody where they can find you. And once the album comes out, where they can buy it.
1: Sure. So everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music. I'm on all the social medias. I think Target's going to have it. Also we did vinyl this this time so you can like order them at like recordstore.com and your local record store and uh yeah, anywhere.
0: Gorgeous. We'll put it all in the show notes and we'll we'll do all of that. We'll blast it out to to the Thank you. The whole thank world. you,
1: thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure talking to you. It was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. And
0: um keep shining. Yeah. You're awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's just so awesome just to be with her. Here are the takeaways. Number one, show up and say yes. Number two, move out of the way. Don't overthink it. It is supposed to be you. Number three, continue to reach for the bright side. Number four, you don't have to do this alone. It's okay to ask for help. Number five, we can give tragic and traumatic things a purpose. Number six, your story is magical. You are Tinkerbell. You're so much brighter than you think. Number seven, let yourself not know. Let yourself be insecure. Stop trying to not be who you are accept yourself. When you stop fighting it, stop trying to be someone else. That's when the magic comes right through you and you are going to shine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. I just love that we're having these kind of conversations and I love that we're putting this in the world and you're receiving it and you're sharing it with your friends. If you enjoyed this podcast today, then take a second and text it to someone, share the link with someone because, oh my gosh, I just feel like what Christina said today is just something I want everyone to hear. So if you can think of someone who would love it, please do share it. And if you want to help the show, the very best thing you can do to support is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and make sure that you subscribe because of course it's free to subscribe. Also, don't forget, I am doing a giveaway. If you go to my Instagram at kathy.heller, you will see that yesterday I posted a reel. And in that reel, I'm sharing a giveaway of a Gucci wallet just for fun. If you want to enter, all you have to do is share any one of my reels in your Instagram stories. And I will be posting another reel today about Christina Perry and a little clip from today. So you'll see a little video, a moment of her come join us. And if this episode inspired you, you might want to post about it in your Instagram stories and you can tag me at kathy.heller and you can tag her at Christina Perry and Perry is spelled P-E-R-R-I. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday.